a Cosmere can be a confusing place. From Alamancy to Surge Binding, there's a lot to look out for. We're your hosts and escorts to the realms. I'm Griff. And I'm Alex. And, and this, this is, is the Silverlight Guide to the Cosmere. Welcome back, bookworms. Indeed, happy, indeed. Happy Hoid Days. Happy Hoid Days. It's been a while. It has been. It's been a while since you've been in the studio. Yes, it has been. It's been it's it's been a bit of a crazy, crazy holiday period. So And by studio I mean my media room. Yes, yes, you do. I know. I'm I'm well aware. Where the where the nerdy items of Studio Ghibli and Mario overlook us as we record. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that is somewhat appropriate considering not necessarily in specific reference to Sanderson, but just our uh, our yes. our interests in general. Absolutely, my neighbor, my neighbor Sanderson. Da 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 da, Sanderson, Sanderson. <laughs> All right, so because we didn't, we're not giving away anything in the title. This is what this episode is going to be about, right? Assuming we remember all of these things, we're going to talk about. The Sanderson box. Yes. Whose items I have not collected to present to you. Maybe you should, maybe we should pause and you should do that. All right. We're going to assume that we're going to pause and do that. Yes. Uh, then we're going to talk about the state of the Sanderson, which, as we were discussing earlier, doesn't really have a whole lot extra from Dragonsteel. So we'll right. just touch so. on things. And then we'll talk about the miniatures and the state of the Stormlight miniatures. Right. And potentially the game. The DTRPG. Yes. And then at the very end, we're going to do a little uh, spoiler talk. I think there's a a very juicy tidbit. Yes. That yes. happened during a live stream, and I'm not I'm not sure. Not that we've done who's that shard in a long time. No, we have not. We did somewhat abandon that that bit. Yeah. Um, once once I learned what virtuosity was. Um, I mean, to be fair, at that point, like when we only have one left, it, it, it does lose a little bit of its punch. A little bit. A little bit. So we're going to talk. We're going to theorize on that. So we're calling this our hop, happy hoid days. And that's great. So first up, Sanderson box. Though it seemed like mere seconds to you, it was at least a minute for us to go gather the things from the Sanderson box. Indeed. So, spoiler warning, this box contains a twist ending. What would the year of Sanderson be without a surprise or two? Scan the QR code for a thank you from Brandon. So there is a QR code in the form of a book on the back of this nice. insert. And now for the contents of the box. A Sanderson curiosity. Celebrate the final finale. I can read. <laughs> Celebrate the finale of the year of Sanderson with this previously unpublished short story from Brandon's early days of writing. Nice. It's called Long Chills and Case Doe. And it is, in as the foreword states from Brandon, it is about a detective using a bunch of noir tropes noir tropes uh in in the 2150s. Yes, I can I could tell somewhat from the from the cover yes. that I do I do believe that indicates it very well. Yes. So Sanderson really goes off the hook uh 
with, uh, <laughs> it is very entertaining. It's a nice little short story. I was about to say, you know, it'd be funny, and I don't know if this works at all whatsoever, because I've, obviously I have not read the story yet. Um, if it would work in the realm of... Uh, Blade Runner? No, the Wizard's Guide to... Oh, it might. Yeah, it does take place on Earth, so... And we know that, that that book is set in a futuristic Earth where they have access to alternate dimensions. Yeah. So, anyway. Yep. Finished it last night. Good little read. Nice. Writer's Notebook. Featuring a note from Brandon, story prompts, and new end paper art from Randy Vargas. There are still stories to tell. Now it's your turn. So in there are little bits from his writing journal that you can see clear connections to... Cosmere stories such as world where spores rain from the sky mm -hmm. uh, so on and so forth so I'm debating using that um, it's currently in a valued place on my sander shelf uh, it was a little more important on the sander shelf when I didn't have these shadow boxes um, I'm hoping to post pictures uh, and link them in the guy or link them in the doobly-doo for the podcast uh, we'll see Actually, so that's an interesting note. What's the note? Uh, a culture where everyone wears gloves and no one touches because skin-to-skin -skin contact allows magic to be used. Um, that was a feature that I still plan to have in my um, Mystic Regency one. Because sure. in Regency culture, that was pretty much the thing. At balls, everybody wears gloves. Everybody wears covering clothing. Skin-to-skin -skin contact is pretty much taboo sure. in Regency culture. And I was going to have that be because there are, uh, I'm, I'm not entirely sure what I'm going to call it yet, but something along the lines of fate marks where people who touch, it can activate a fate mark, which it's somewhat predestined, like whether or not your fate mark will align with somebody else's. But if your fate marks are aligned and you touch skin, that means that you are tied together by fate in some fashion. Mm. It doesn't necessarily have to be romantic. You could end up being bitter enemies. You could end up being platonic allies. You could end up being you could end up being lovers. Like sure. it does not, not but it does mean that at that point your fates are aligned and you will continue to run into each other. And sure. so skin to skin contact is taboo. You know. Um anyway, yeah. So that was that was something that I had and there is, uh, there is a series that I read on Amazon, Kindle Unlimited, something or other, that um, was all about marked, and I believe he used the term fate marked as okay, well. Okay, right. Not that you can't, right? Because nothing, you know. Oh, also, only mages had fate mark. Oh, if you okay. only, if you have a mag, a, a, I'm not entirely sure again what I'm going to call the measurements, but if you only have a magic over a certain level. Do you develop a fate mark? Most of the population does not have one. Yeah. That is not a risk for them. Because, again, the taboo of touching was really only applicable to the nobility. It was not something that in Regency era affected the rest of the population. Sure. Lower people were not held to that standard. So. Yeah. Yeah. So this fantasy series um, is very much that idea crossed with Sanderson. Okay. Interesting. Um, and I'd recommend it, except I don't know why I finished it. Uh, it was five books. Okay. Um, and it was very, it was an epic fantasy. Right. It wasn't, it wasn't long, but it was, it was multiple characters in different regions. 
um, each of them marked in some way. Okay, um, interesting. And it was okay. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, I I will say that there are some aspects where I have been spoiled in certain ways for stories. Sure. And so, yeah, some things are ranked as okay to me. Like, yeah. I know that on horror, uh, Magnus Archives has very much sure. uh, spoiled me on yeah. uh, how, you know, whether or not I will consider horror well done or not. Sure. Because... I mean, Jonathan Sims is just brilliant. So yeah, extremely brilliant very, when it comes a, to horror. In a variety of ways. Yeah, but back to the Brando Sorry, Sando yes. box. No, Sorry. Yep, you're fine. You're fine. Uh, so we also got Dragon Steel brand socks, formal enough for dress shoes or casual enough for sandals. These socks are the <laughs> epitome of versatility. Wear one, wear both, matched or not. But please don't use them as pasta strainers. <laughs> And they're nice. They are woven pair um, brand, and they have the Dragonsteel logo, very good colors. And nice. on the bottom of them, one sock says air on the side of, and the other says awesome. Nice, nice. So okay. It's I've worn them a lot. It's Those and the travel gear are the items that I am just planning to just use until they break. That's fair. That's fair. Or maybe until just just until they're about to break and then I'll put them in a shadow box and then <laughs> that makes sense yeah put them on display yeah uh so cosmere character pin surviving thriving and staying aliving <laughs> straight from the mists of luthadel and immortalized in enamel here's pin number 12 kelsier nice but they were all deceived for in secret Thirteenth pin was forged. Ah, so there's a secret bonus pin, and um, I am not terribly sorry for those of you who bought the Dragon Wood Shop, Dragon Workshop Wood pin holder for twelve, and then they announced the thirteenth secret one. Well, they they did announce the Spensa Mervin. Um, right, the four, the four the, the additional, five, five additional, or five, one for each secret project plus Bensa. I hope I got all five. Did you? I don't know. I'm gonna have to go back and check. Okay. Yes, they. Um... Oh no, I didn't get Spensa. Okay, because I didn't care. Well. No offense to those who are fans of the Cytonic series. Yeah. She is she is an honorary Cosmere princess. Okay. Uh, That's fine. Yeah. So, secret bonus pin. Secret bonus pin. Four secret novels, one author, and the greatest fans on Earth. So, we're in this box. Nice. Uh, as a final thank you gift for our full Year of Sanderson backers, we're ending the series one pin set where it all began. Presenting pin number 000. And it is Sanderson with a Bridge Four shirt, wearing a brown jacket, uh, leaning on a stack of books, uh, four of which are the colors of the secret projects. Uh, okay. And then the fifth one is that other one that he wrote. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, um, so these these just went on sale. The Stormlight and the Sanderson boxes just went on sale. I think they're definitely worth it. I might have to... Depending on what the office says, sure, I might have to buy one of those boxes. But you might. We'll see. Yeah, definitely worth it. Yeah, no, definitely. And and I mean, I if I if I only have to buy one out of the entire set, 
I'm not going to be too, too too salty about it, though. I will probably contact them and see if I can get an additional one because depending on anyway. Right. Well, it should be ideally it's returned returned to the sender. Yeah, ideally. Uh, um, I might so contact we'll, them. I'll contact them and see if I can if the if the office ends up not having yeah, it. We'll swing by the office. Yeah, and then we'll uh, anyway that that can all be worked out. Sure. Uh, okay. So other things that were delivered in December. Because it's January and we're doing Happy Hoid Days. Yes. I got my miniatures, my Stormlight miniatures. Yes, yes, you did. You I got, got the Storm, Stormlight miniature set. The Thursday before Christmas. And it was very exciting. I can imagine. And they are amazing. I was missing an item. It seemed like a lot of people were just missing like things here and there. That's unfortunate. Um, it is. Uh, I do need to contact customer service again because they haven't replied uh, or they might. What reply. were you missing out of curiosity? So uh, it's not a big deal, and I actually feel bad for asking for it. I am missing. I was missing the tall miniature, but I also got one in the stormlight box. Right. Which is why I feel bad asking for it. But at the same time, is it a different miniature though? It's the same miniature. Okay. But I paid for it. it is, right? No, that's fair. You like, did. Yeah, and so you probably should get what you paid for. Right. That so at, at least I will say like if if that is the one that you're missing, luckily yep. it's not as bad as people who are missing other Absolutely. miniatures potentially. Definitely, so. definitely, I am not really complaining. Right, I am putting it out there that it was not a flawless process. I do think that Brotherwise Games did a really good job of updating the community when they did. Um, there, there's in most of the world, there's still. 100 to 300 sets left to go out in various places. Okay. Um, but they are updating regularly. Uh, they sent a really long email with a bunch of praise from random, not random, but from various social medias. And I was like, this feels self-congratulatory. A little bit. Um, but it was... Also, at the same time, nice to see how many people really did enjoy the miniatures. Right, right. So, uh, I and have, I mean, I want them to do well because they are yeah. doing the the uh, Stormlight RPG. They are also doing that Mistborn deck building game. I was about to say, and ideally, and I don't know if Brandon Sanderson has any intention to do this, but um, I would like to see Brotherwise Games do other tabletop RPGs in the same style of the Stormlight That'd be great. one. Because then we can have a unified Cosmere yep. game. So that's, I mean, that's definitely something that's on their mind. They're, uh, they are waiting to see where we're at with, with the Stormlight one. And then for the Mistborn deck building game, uh, in Brotherwise, Brotherwise's Discord a while ago, haven't been on it forever. Uh, they did answer some questions about what the deck building game will be. And it is very much Mistborn versus Mistborn fighting. I mean, that makes sense. Which That's, makes sense. Yeah. And they are considering in the far future asymmetric play with Farukami and Hemalurgy. Okay. I could see that so, working. So. I mean, they did have... So this is going back a ways, but uh, World of Warcraft actually had something similar where they had... They had a World of Warcraft table or a card game, CCG, 
Okay. It wasn't a deck building game, admittedly. It was sure. it was a collectible card game, but you had your one hero with like various actions and cards and that kind of thing. And they actually had what they called were raid decks where multiple people with their own card, you know, deck would go up against somebody playing the raid deck, which huh. was like going on a raid mission in World of Warcraft. Sure. And so I could kind of see that being something that would also come into play where like somebody plays the first Lord and like some of his, um, the Lord Emperor. Yeah. The Lord Emperor and Inquisitors. Sure. And other people play, you know, yeah. various other uh, resistance members and sure. things like that. So that'd be neat. Yeah. yeah. So if Brother Wise ever listens to this, that'd be great. And we'd love to have Johnny O'Neill on to interview him. Absolutely. Yeah, we could shoot him an email and see. Well, I did. Oh, okay. And haven't heard back. Gotcha. But he did see our booth. True. And True, smile he did. at us. Yes. So. And, that and means... we also had the, uh, what was it? The uh, Dragonsteel art director yes. compliment our stickers. Yep. Ben McSweeney. That's right. Yeah. Which was impressive. Yep. Slightly terrifying. A little bit. <laughs> I, I did not realize how. I'm I'm not gonna even say I'm scared necessarily, though it is a little bit nerve wracking. Um the, I did not expect to be because I've encountered this feeling a couple of times, but um how nerve wracking it can be to have somebody of either somebody of high importance or a lot of people pay attention to you. Okay. Cause I remember this is this was a while back and I'm gonna get to get into what it was, but I remember when I was on I, I made a random uh comment on tiktok okay and i ended up getting like 600 like likes on the comment and that's more than i that's more attention than i've ever gotten on any social media like you know sure thing whatsoever it was a little nerve-wracking to be like i don't know it was weirdly nerve-wracking to have all of these people being like yes i agree with you i'm huh. like i don't know it was a little weird yeah Kind of like the, you know, Ben McSweeney liking our art when he is the main art director for Dragonsteel. And yeah, but what? I mean, also complimentary. Like, I'm glad yeah. that he enjoyed it. And yeah, I I think it's 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 a strange feeling for sure. Also, on that front, do you have a template for the stickers? Yep. Do you mind sending it to me? Nope. OK, because I was thinking I could get into um gimp and see about making some additional characters well whether or not we print them as stickers sure. i had some ideas for some character designs okay so sure i can do that i have to charge my ipad that's fair yeah so where were we right stormlight miniatures game talked about that cool next up state of the sanderson again well, what was new apart from what they've announced at Dragonsteel Con? Um, you know, I don't remember. Okay. And that probably means not a lot. <laughs> yeah, I would assume as much. I think, well, I for those of you who don't go on YouTube and watch Brandon Sanderson's updates weekly, he is 100% done with Stormlight 5, and he is 100% done with the second revision, first, first 2.0, 2.0, revision of stormlight five okay so he will be working for three months on stormlight three point stormlight five 3.0 and then another three months on stormlight 
4.0, and then it will go to print. I was about to say, at what point are we going to print? But okay, uh, so after 4.0. Yep. Okay. Which so we'll have a new Sanderson book soonish. In about six months is when it's going to print. Yes, and then it will be ready at the convention. Right. December 6th. Yes, December 6th. Yep. Yes. Few months is not how I would choose to describe that. I mean, okay, let me say this. Less than a year. Only just. <laughs> it is still less than a year. My phrasing is not incorrect. 10 months and 20 days. Yes. Yes, that counts. And I'm excited for that because that is probably a Dragon Steel that I'm going to look forward to a little bit more just because. Sure. Again, no offense to the Cytonic fans. It was not a series that I ended up continuing or wanting to. Sure. Which is why I didn't pick up the Spencer pin because I don't hate Spencer by any means, but I don't consider her a Cosmere character. Well, I know sure. she's an, an honorary they, Cosmere princess. Yeah, whatever, they, whatever. they really they debated Mervyn and Spencer as the Cosmere pin collection. Yeah. To be fair, I picked up Mervyn just because I did have the the bo the book. Right. Um, but I didn't I didn't plan to finish the cytonic series so i didn't feel like spencer was a necessary addition to my pins well for all you cytonic lovers i have a cube in my sanderson shelf dedicated to well technically at the moment cytonic and frugal wizard but it's mostly cytonic <laughs> that is okay fair. so at least half of this podcast enjoys <laughs> skyward I still want to see more merch come out for the friggin' Steelheart series. I feel I feel that is underrepresented. You know, it's good to have things in life that we long for that never happen. You know, <laughs> it keeps you can us take, motivated. You can take your jaded, cynical point of view and stuff it. All right. <laughs> As somebody who has never read, read the Steelheart books, I will uh, stuff it, not read them. I will see if maybe I can get a question uh, put forward for Sanderson at the next Dragon Steel Con and see if I can uh, revive any love for the Steelheart series and whether or not that's going to get any more installments or merchandise attached to it because I would like to see some Steelheart pins because I feel like that would be something they could do with relatively little work. Right. Well, now they've shoehorned Spence and Mervyn into the Cosmere character. Hence they, why I was saying I was hoping to get some Steelheart characters. Because since if they are working outside of the Cosmere, I think right. it'd be nice to get some. Also, Rhythmatist. It'd be nice sure. to see some Rhythmatist pins out there. Yeah, a lot of people like Rhythmatist. And I know he had talked about, there was a little bit of conversation at Dragon Steel Con about a sequel to Rhythmatist, potentially. Yeah, Far Future. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not something that is even planned or, yeah. or confirmed. But he had talked about potentially reviving rhythmatist and i would like to see it because i feel like the first book definitely ended on a cliffhanger right and it'd be nice i know that it's not part of the cosmere anymore um which is kind of a shame but never was <laughs> there was talk about it originally being originally part of the originally yes, yes. Uh, uh but even then i would still like to see a finality to the story sure, presented sure i do remember now there was something in the state of the sanderson that we need to talk about okay what is it he has a timeline for book releases okay for the next decade okay and stormlight six is at the end of that decade holy shit yep so we're not getting stormlight six for another 10 years that is correct 
Chances oh are it'll be sooner than that. And I may be exaggerating and it was eight years, but it is still it's it a ways. Stormlight this year, and then he'll write all of Ghost Bloods. And in between those being released, I think and I'm liable to get this wrong. Um he's writing all of Ghost Bloods at once. Oh, okay. So the entire trilogy of Ghost right. Bloods at once. Is what is what I understand. I could be wrong. Okay. Uh and then It'll go next year, maybe the white sand not novelization. Prose. Yeah, the prose. prose. The prose white the white sand prose version. So he has to write that. Okay. Which I'm actually not upset about. Sure. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that because you know, never mind. My comments on, on White Sands are well known on sure. this podcast. Yes. So yes. What I think so so White Sand and then Skyward Legacy. Okay. And then Which, we go into the Mistborn era four. Era three. Th- well, I'm sorry. I'm talking about uh, actual releases. So let's let's think about Dragonsteel Cons as the main release for the year. Right. Um, White Sand next year. Okay. Skyward Legacy. No. Was it Skyward? You know, I'm just gonna pull it up. Yeah, that might be best. Uh, because there are going to be little releases during the year. Right, right. But we're talking about main novel focus right. uh, for Dragonsteel Con. Uh, he will write Horn Eater between, during his Mistborn. Oh, okay. Because he wants to have something to go back to Roshar with. That's fair. That's fair. So we're going to get Rock's story potentially. Right. And I believe... Some video I watched reminded me that the King for a Day um, story about Lopin becoming the king while they got Elokar out of the war camp is a potential story. Okay. All right. That could be fun. Could be fun. Where did I see a timeline? All right. For all of you listening to this, you're probably like, well, the timeline was in there. You're just not scrolling down far enough. There That's it right. is. All right. So here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we okay. Go. December this year. Right. Winded Truth. Right. Spring next year. Skyward Legacy 1. Okay. December next year. White Sand novel, maybe Dark One. Honestly, it'll be kind of cool to have a White Sand themed Dragonsteel Con. Not That's right. Lie. That's right. Instead of being in the Sand Salt Palace, it will be... In the White Sand National Park in New Mexico. <laughs> All right. Spring 2026, Skyward Legacy 2, maybe. December that year, Skyward Legacy 3. Okay. So that'll be another Skyward-themed con. Yes. So, yes. Um, okay. Ghost Bloods 1, 2028. Okay. Then Elantris 2, summer of 29. Ghost Bloods 2, December 29. Summer 30, Elantris 3, December 30, Ghost Bloods 3. Okay. And then what I am expecting, though, is because of how he trained himself, and he mentioned this at Dragon Seal, he trained himself during COVID to bounce back and forth between projects. Right. That what is going to happen is that all of this is going to be truncated, and the releases might be... Th- those same dates but what we're gonna see is that stormlight 6 will then come out 31 
and it won't be a, I'm going to spend this year writing Stormlight 6. It will be, Stormlight 6 is written. Right, right. Stuff like that. Yeah. And then, damn, we're just making all sorts of noise with chords. Uh, we have Isaac Stewart and Dan Wells' Cosmere books that will sprinkle in releases here and there. You know, I might have to shift my co uh, cosplay idea for the Dragonsteel Con now. To what? Well, because I was going to do next year, go as a Sandmaster. Right. But if we're going to actually have a Cosmere or a Dragonsteel Con centered around White Sand yes. as a novelization. Go as a Jedi this year. <laughs> and go as a Sandmaster next year. Wear the exact same costume and go as a Sandmaster next year. <laughs> I mean, I could just go as a Sandmaster for both years. No. Okay. Just kidding. Of course. Of course. <laughs> Let's see. So... I mean, it'd be hard. To, I, I mean, a Roshar cosplay would be a lot more involved, I think, than a Sandmaster yep. one would. Yep. So I'm a little hesitant to try to do a Roshar one for this next upcoming Dragonsteel Con. I agree. And that reminds me that I want to get the nice lady from Sanderson, the Cosmere of Sandersonian and the Sandersonian Institute, Institute uh, of Cosmere Studies. Lord right. have mercy. I want to get her and Tala on to talk about cosplaying in the Cosmere. Yeah, that would definitely work. It'd be great. So look forward to that sometime this year. But yeah, no, going as a Sandmaster, I think, is probably one of the less labor-intensive. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, you could go meta and you could just dress as the Sandman from Spider-Man. Because <laughs> one of the best costumes last Dragon Steel was a Doug dressed as Quail Man. This is true. This is true. Yeah. And I mean, Quail. Yeah. That that that's definitely a deep cut. It was. I almost lost my mind when I handed him a ticket to our event. All right. And what else is there to talk about for Happy Hoid Days? Um, I don't think much, honestly. I think we've covered everything. Yep. Because the Sanderson box was the big one. That was the big one. Um, just because. And I'm kind of hoping that next year they'll do another Kickstarter, maybe just pin set type thing, because obviously this was pin set series one. Yeah. And that's great and all. But that also implies that there's going to be a pin set series two. That does imply that. And so I feel like I would like to see, I would like for there to be a guaranteed way to get all the pins. Sure. I think one of the things I liked about the boxes, apart from the ones at Dragonsteel Con, was that there was a guaranteed pin in every box. And so you weren't going to miss one. So long as you signed up for the Kickstarter, you weren't going to miss one. Sure. And so I do not want the pin set series two to be spread out over multiple things. Yes. For the fear of missing one. I really, right. I and think... going as a Sandmaster for the next con is also my way of getting the uh, cosplay pin. Oh, sure. So. Sure. Which there may be a second cosplay pin that's not Shalash. Right. Which is. this is one. Right. Which shalash. is why I'm kind of hoping that next year will be still the original cosplay pin. Probably. I, I mean, we'll see. It, well, yeah. If if it isn't, it isn't, and yeah. that's just what it is. But. I think I expect that Dragonsteel will, if they don't do a Kickstarter with pins in it, 
they will do a bundle at the store that will just be yeah that's fair that's fair i really i think they listen to a lot a lot what what fans want and and that is definitely honestly i think what i would love and this is this is a tangent i'm not gonna lie but what else do we do on this on this podcast we talk about brandon sanderson stuff yeah this is also brandon sanderson tangent okay um and i don't know how i would do this i don't think i could do this I would like to get on the group, whatever panel, group, committee, whatever it is, that designs the games for the Sanderson, or for the, the Dragon Seal cons. Okay. The, like, they had the games for the the symbols and everything. Yeah, yeah, Because I think, I think, I have not been totally satisfied with the way they've been doing those games. Okay. And I feel like I could potentially recommend something that would be a bit more accessible for people okay and i don't think i can get on that group unfortunately i don't know who actually designs the games for the cons i imagine it's the person in charge of the event in its totality probably and, and yeah because i mean if a game position ever opens up at dragon steel you can apply yeah because i feel like and this is no offense to the people who are doing it now but i feel like they are not and, you know, maybe they're still finding their feet. I'm not going to lie. But I know that both the original game with the hats at... Um, 2022? At 2022. And then the different symbols and everything for 2023. Plus the wood people, the woodworking one, had their own game going on. Right. Um, I feel they're a little too complicated. I think what they really need to do is focus on having one clue lead to another and being intentional on where they put their clues. Okay. Rather than at random booths. Sure. That's just my, you know. I, I see that. I think. Because I, I think the symbol one, the, the token one at random booths was fine. Sure. The, the tokens that they asked us to hand out if anybody asked for them. Right. But the QR code one, I think, needs to be a lot more intentional. I see your point. I also would fairly easily be able to argue they are doing preventive they are taking preventative steps to stop people from only experiencing one part of the con by doing it randomly like that. Well, that's why I said like the token one being at random booths I think is fine. More or less sorta of. I, get, I see where you're coming from, and I do think there is a best of both worlds um, there. I think, so operating the booth, right? We want more people to come. Right. And I think they could, they could very well be more intentional about where the, the specific items are placed. And then have a ran and then have a general thing that okay, all of the content creators hand out this token. Right, right. But once you get the content creator token, if you're not interested in any of the other content creators, you're not going to go to their booths. That's fair. But what if they had a Delveri? And and most of us did actually. Right. Right. So, um, but they could be specific about clues, and set it up beforehand with 
strategically placed, so they're still experiencing the whole con. Right, right. But they're being led here to here to here to here. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Is like, like, because they know which con, which uh, I mean. I don't know how long before the con you have to apply to be a booth. I it was I think about a month and a half was the cutoff date. So I feel like they could probably write the clues pretty easily to lead people to potentially. There are there are two things. One, no matter how well written the clue is, some people are going to get confused. Yeah, that's natural for clues. The other thing is the amount of effort and then the opportunity cost of, well, if you spend the time designing it for the, like, if you're spending your time designing it this way, instead of doing a shotgun approach and just day of handing out, then you are taking away time that you could be working at other things. Okay, here's a better thing. Yeah. Rather than intentionally placing the clues to lead from one to the other, yeah. create a sheet for people to mark shit off on. Okay. Because that's one thing that I saw a lot of people doing was they were writing started they started writing down names that were in the clues. Okay. Because today's Delveri was or not today's this year's Delveri was. What was it about? Somebody I no being. Idea. I don't remember, but it was a list of names, and they were trying to oh, figure okay. out like who was in danger or something like that. Sure. And I think if when you sign up for the game, if they give you a sheet with all the names on it, right, so that you can start marking stuff off as you get the clues. Yeah. That would allow a lot of people to feel like they have finally gotten all the clues. Guaranteed that they. Yes. And. So we went to Meow Wolf Grapevine. Okay. Which is a art installation where you roam around. Oh, yes. I've, yes. Seen, I've seen things about this. Yes. yes. In there, there are QR codes, which QR codes are an infestation upon reality, but there are QR codes. Right. And there are like 28 of them. Okay. And I want to say that they they were numbered, uh, but they had a word and a symbol. And when you scan the QR code, it, uh, no, it was texting. You texted a number, the specific code. Okay. Which was a word. And then you would get back a reply with an image of that same image that was, or, or something that related to that word. Right. And then when you left, there was one word that you did, and it's and then it gave you um, a combined image of all the ones that you had found, and you could see which ones you were missing and some something like that. So um, those ones were extraordinarily hidden. Uh, I think we only found seven of twenty-two. Okay, and then we looked online for the rest of them. Fair, yeah. It costs money to get in. Something like that could be. See, and that would actually work if they created a website, a mobile friendly website. Yeah. Where you could register and go on. Yeah. And then have your own worksheet so that when you did the QR code, it would mark it off on the sheet itself. That would also be a way to do it, I think, sure. rather than doing it by hand. Sure. Where like, yes, or or I mean, I'm sure that with that one, it registered the phone number that texted in That's right. the codes. And so right. it went off of your phone number and yep. what you had found so far. Yep. That would also be a good way to do it. Yeah. I just think that it could be a little bit better organized than what they had. Sure. And I would like to suggest, I mean, maybe I can just find a, a web, or, you know, an email and suggest this stuff to them. Because sure. Because... 
I would like to get into those games, but I also saw everybody struggling with the ones that were doing. Yeah. I remember the hat one being a struggle and I remember people struggling with the QR codes for the most recent one with the Delver eyes. Right. And I feel like there are easier ways to do it than what they are currently doing. Sure. That's fair. So I think it's time we move on to our, uh, spoilery speculation yes uh this is going to potentially spoil a lot a lot we're going to be talking about potentially what the 16th chart is yes uh so we're going to do spoilers leave now leave now or forever hold your peas You know what struck me yesterday? Hmm. I saw a video. I watched a video and a dude was planting peas. And I did not realize that you just put the peas in the ground. I don't know why I never connected those dots. Oh, you didn't realize that peas were the seeds? For I the... did not. Oh, and okay. I should have because they come in the pod. They are the fruit. Yes, they are the fruit. So therefore... And it's like the avocado pit. You can just plant an avocado pit in sure, the ground sure. and it will grow into a new avocado plant. Sort of. Assuming you water it and well, you know. It actually it needs an excessive amount of water to start. Yes, I know. You I, should, avocados are one of those that is very water intensive. Right. So a lot of people will kind of drill toothpicks into it and then hold it and put it in a um a pot and fill the pot to the brim with water and then the toothpicks hold the seed at the top in the water like they they hold you know what i'm saying right, right, right. yeah 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 and to then start it, germinating yeah and then to, you and, and then, then you put go. it in the ground yeah. that that makes sense yeah yeah so, because that makes sure that it gets it is like engulfed in the water and absolutely getting what it needs then none of it is sinking elsewhere yes that makes sense so spoiler talk yes there was a spoiler q a live stream Yes. In December for Coloss Head Munching Day. Yes. Which is Sanderson's birthday. Happy yes. birthday, Brandon Sanderson. And during it, they started to ask a question up from uh from a user from somewhere. And the user was saying, and, and I'm paraphrasing here, uh, Hoyt said that there are three great talents art, invention, and intellect. And Sanderson, uncharacteristically, in my opinion, um, got very loud and he said, oh, you know what? We're not even going to finish that question. Yeah, I see what you're, I, yep, you're smart. You're smart. Uh, again, I'm paraphrasing. Right, that. right. Um, but since Yumi and the Nightmare Panther came out and we learned that virtuosity was a One shard. One of the shards, yes. Which was art. And Sanderson has confirmed that invention is, is a another shard. shard. Then I immediately jumped to the conclusion that intellect, intellect is the is, final shard. Is the final shard. So it could be something other than intellect that is knowledge based, but it does vibe with what Sanderson said about one of the shards being smart enough to go hide. Right. And so that would make a lot of sense for a shard of intellect yes. to hide itself somewhere in the cosmere to avoid odium. Yep. Or autonomy. Or autonomy, for that matter, yes. 
or whimsy. Are we, is whimsy a confirmed antagonist? No, but it's also not a confirmed protagonist, so. I don't think any of the charms are co confirmed protagonists. Well, no, but whimsy well, is currently in a cat. Harmony. And cats do what they want, if I am to understand what cats do. True. However, I wouldn't also necessarily categorize a cat as an antagonist. If there's a cup on a table, the cat is an antagonist. So are we talking about the cup on the table of the Cosmere? The cup on the table of the Cosmere could be intellect. Could be Roshar. Could be... Kelsier's long-lost brother. Not Marsh, the other one. <laughs> okay, I was about to say. <laughs> so... The fact is, um, I don't believe that Whimsy is going to be an antagonist. Ah, but no pushback on Kelsier's long-lost brother who's not Marsh. This is true. I feel like that would be an interesting twist. Okay. Yeah. Uh, however, um, I think that Harmony is really the only protagonist shard that we have so far. And even that's eh, because of the way that shards work. And, and how um, he is descending into Discord. Yes, because, you know, Harmony or pre Preservation and... Uh, ruin um yeah. being uh <sighs> i've lost the word anyway they they don't work well together yeah opposites no that wasn't the word i was looking for but that's fine antagonistic no starts with a c i think complicated no but also true <laughs> uh regardless um yeah i Combined. mean say that being a protagonist is iffy yeah. because of the fact that preservation and ruin makes it hard for him to act in general. Yeah. Uh, which I do agree with you. I think he is going to be split at some point. I, I agree. Uh, I think he's also going to end up with preservation. I think that somebody else is going to end up with ruin. That's just my Could personal be. opinion at the moment. Um, however, I do believe that intellect. Yes. I think, I don't know if it will be named intellect per se. Right. Uh, however, I do believe that there is probably some shard out there that is specifically uh, about gathering knowledge. Yeah. And that is how I think that we would separate it from invention. Sure. Uh, because I could see both being applied, but I think that uh, intellect is acquired knowledge where invention is applied knowledge. Right. And so that's how I would differentiate right. the two. Now, of course, Brandon Sanderson can do what he wants. I've already talked about the fact that I think that autonomy was misnamed. Uh, so therefore I feel like also he could potentially go with something else on how intellect is separated from invention, but that is how I would have done it. Were I the one in charge of the Cosmere? Yeah. Um, do you think that Sanderson was inspired heavily by, uh, the UK for writing Mistborn? What do you mean? Well, over there, they say Zed. Oh, my God. <sighs> Why? I just... <laughs> Could have gone with Canada as well. Huh. Well, there you are. I think that is our episode. I think so. Um, I would be interested to see 
if intellect is the final shard and I need to get a list now, I need to I need to make up a new counterpart. Yep, gotta have the counterparts. Yes, because well, I still believe that that's a thing. Well, I um, mean, virtuosity and intellect to me would be an easy kind of way to group them off as, oh, you know, people, not that I believe this. Right. People like to see the arts and, and, sciences. and sciences or knowledge as separate. This is true. And um, our friend Nathaniel just put out a video on how fantasy helped him love real life. Oh, interesting. And he touches on this. Right. Uh, and he, he, I got the sense he was kind of grappling with how incorrect that dichotomy is. Yes, absolutely. And, and that's something I've realized. I mean, I feel like I've been creative and sciencey or, or knowledge based for a, a long time, but really right. grasping it as, as I've aged um, and, and really using that to love life. Yes. And I, and I think that talks uh, or touches on another thing that I've had an issue with, with the idea that uh, emotion and logic are opposites or right. separate. And so somehow logic based decision-making is superior to emotion-based decision-making, which I disagree with entirely. Depends um, on the scenario. I mean, yes, of course. It I'm not saying that one is, inherently superior than the other but that's the point is sure that there is not one that is inherently superior than the other it is based on the scenario that you're looking at sure on whether or not it works and so and i think that's that's a concept that is held by like if i ever see somebody that says that logic is always superior to emotion-based decision making whatever i count that as a mark of immaturity sure i don't think that that it is wrong to hold that as a young person i think that that is something that is a natural conclusion to come to until you mature further and sure. realize that emotional intelligence is just as important as other forms of intelligence sure and i think that this is very much the same thing where i think because of its practicality it is very it is very easy to come to the conclusion that the sciences are uh, more important than art-based accomplishments until you mature further and realize that both have their place. Well, sure, sure. And and um, you did say the word importance, um, and that is, that is, I think, a different discussion on just arts being opposite of study. Oh, yeah, no, that's study, true as well, yes. Studiousness, um, because, I mean, just surface-level examples... How many hours of practicing painting does it take and and learning from from uh those before I don't want to say masters, but they right. masters of the arts. Um and and really like sure, some people have innate talent for that, but it's not if they don't pursue the study of it. Right. The people who are masters of it have studied it. Yes, absolutely. Right? Well, and the fact that, I mean, you really can't separate them from. You can't. Like the point of view aspect of drawing where right. you where you choose a horizon point and it, all angles. It's incredibly mathematical. Right. That's all mathematical. The fact color theory itself and it, yeah. composition of painting, that is right. all mathematical and science based. Right. So like you can't separate the right. two. And then in science... You know, uh, I think most people have heard the words cancer research, cancer um, uh, studies, so on and so forth. 
just take a moment to think about how much creativity somebody has to have to oh, create yeah. experiments in such a way that they can they can reliably determine whether the outcome was statistically significant. So, like, okay, you you can knock out a gene in a mouse for its temperature receptors. Well, right. how how are you going to tell that you did that? Right, exactly. Okay, we're going to put a mouse on something that gets hot, right? Sounds really simple, but if you're not thinking about it and being creative in the, that kind of way, right, and that kind of scientific discovery is not going to happen. So creativity, well, and, and honestly, sometimes you can have the instinct of something working, and then you just need to figure out the methodology to come to. Sure. I know that that I have approached some. I remember in school. I had approached some math problems and I knew what the answer was. Like instinctively, I could look at the question because a lot of the time it was like a word-based question sure. or whatever. And I could be like, oh, the answer is going to be this. Now that didn't necessarily mean that I knew how to mathematically get to that answer. Sure. And that was an entirely different skill set. But sometimes you have to just have that instinct sure. of you're like, okay, well, I know this will work. Now I have to hit the methodology of how do I get there right. and how do I prove it? Sure. You know, because I'm sure that Einstein's brain didn't work in such a way of like that the idea of relativity automatically formed itself in a very concise, mathematically provable way in his brain. No, probably not. So like, yeah, there is you do have to have that instinct, that almost artistic, instinctive thing of, okay, I know this will work. And then you also have to have the knowledge of how to get there. Sure. Yeah. So all of that to say, I would put virtuosity opposite of intellect see i would not okay um honestly i kind of honestly want to put um odium as the opposite to intellect because odium is all about passion okay and like intense emotions like emotion overriding pretty much anything else if we go with the name itself it's about self-hatred well yes but that's obviously clearly not odium wants you to think it's about passions and actually sanderson touched on this in one of the q a's recently okay well then i need to go and read the you Q&As. do and i'm not saying you're wrong i'm just saying sanderson touched on this actually in a big way that is important because something about the shards being it was it was something along the lines of reforming the shards if adelnesium had splintered again um, into different shards, right? Right, yeah. I remember you saying, like, if the intent was different... different there would be different shards. There would be shards. different shards, yes. Um, and then somebody asked again about it, and he mentioned something about the way that the shards are perceived is important in a way. Okay, interesting. So Odium trying to make himself passion may be important interesting i don't i okay. don't remember exactly what he said right and I, I need to go back and read the q a's probably and and to, yep. to finalize my theory but i could see odium being the opposite of passion i could also see odium still being the opposite of a few other shards as sure. well so i'm not set on that necessarily sure. um because i could honestly virtuosity being the opposite of invention where it's artistic creativity versus practical practical creativity sure um as i said i'm not not yeah. you know set on that i'm just saying that i could see it being done a few ways yeah so yep yeah so so there's there's some options there there are options there are options but yeah i think that's our show that's our show um and uh until next time uh don't panic world hoppers 
Life before death, strength before weakness, and hoid days before destination. Indeed. The music you hear is part three, The Spirit, from Zavadilla's The Music of Elantris, produced by B-Roll Records, available now on Apple Music, Spotify, and most music providers. If you like what you hear and you want others to hear it as well, please leave a rate and review. It really helps us get more listeners. 